0: Hello, everybody! Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige podcast, and boy, we are we're talking super prestige. We're talking uh, classic. We're talking we're talking one of the uh, one of the first horror movies in cinema history, celebrating its 100th birthday this week. It's 1922's Nosferatu. It's a German take on Bram Stoker's Dracula story, which got them into some legal hot water. And almost led to the extinction of this film. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by F.W. Murnau, uh, with the ha- uh, screenplay by Henrik Galen. Uh, and it stars Max Schreck, who is the only actor you could possibly have heard of from this production. mm mm-hmm. um, Jim, unless he I, went to film I, I, school,
1: I bet there's a lot of uh,
0: yeah. That's true. That's film true. school students, but in know. which case, in which case, this is going to be extremely obvious, stupid takes. You should probably yeah, go, shut it off now. I don't know. Find a Criterion uh, commentary to listen to because uh, we <laughs> yeah. we've got nothing for you here. Um, I want. I I have never seen this entire movie, but I feel like anyone who's watched any kind of pop culture has seen at least. 30 seconds of this film, mm-hmm. even if they, even if they don't know it, because it's, it's, this is very public domain. Uh, so you can do about anything you want with the raw footage of it. And many, many music videos, uh, many, many commercials, just, just lots of memes on the internet. have made use of this stuff. Uh, what, what
1: did you think of this film? Have you ever watched a silent movie before beginning to end? Yeah. Beginning to end. I don't think so. I've seen pieces of Chaplin stuff. I've seen mm. pieces of like uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It beginning to end, like sat down and said, hey, I'm going to watch one of these. I don't think so. Um, so this is my first time with this movie, and I think this movie is fine for what it is. <laughs> I like, although I have some complaints, uh, but I think as a historical relic is probably where it should be left. I, I don't know. I wasn't blown away by this movie. No, I mean,
0: it's like, um, you know, I think what you said, historical interest is interesting. Like, it's it's it would be interesting to go outside uh, in your backyard and dig up uh, bronze axe, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. from some long lost civilization. Um, But you're not going to trade in your semi-automatic rifle if you actually want to use it as a weapon, right? The time has gone on. But like seeing, um, and I, you know, because that's the thing. It's like, this is a 90 minute movie that's extremely slow. Mm -hmm. It is not frightening by modern standards. Um, The acting is not particularly good. Uh, But you do definitely, if if you if you're a fan of horror at all, there are techniques and things that were pioneered in this film, and there are some there's some creepy atmosphere um, that works. But like I've read Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I think it is still a scary book to read objectively. Okay. Uh, but this is not a scary film to watch if you've got any kind of horror. And it's so weird because I, I read a lot of. You know film school grads talking about this I feel like the majority of them feel compelled to say oh the creepy imagery still can feel one full of dread and unsettling
1: nah there's I don't and there's I don't, like two I shots know. in this movie that I thought okay that's creepy um, yeah it's when you first see Orlok from a distance through a hallway Uh and it's yep. when you know he's he's in Vilsborg or whatever it is uh, and he's biting on the neck of ellen the wife of hutter uh Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of it and he's and those two shots are like the only thing i can say that's really excellent about this movie because i I found those Uh pretty scary i thought the oh really because i didn't think i found anything pretty scary but i
0: thought and that's the other thing is if i put myself back in the 1922s yeah like Europe and America's and where people are still no shit believing in demons. Because I notice a lot of the language is charged. Like beware you fall into the shadow of his demonic embrace, the mm-hmm. you know, the dark nightmarish void that you get. Like there's like this really lurid talking about uh hellish that he as he drinks the hellish elixir of blood and emphasis on satanic, like this must've felt like you were watching something illicit and it's very sexually charged, which I got to think played for those audiences, you know, like that's the thing about the van, the modern vampire myth, which, you know, Bram Stoker started like it's, it's, it it turned it from these are mold, moldering, shambling corpses that rise from the grave and, and uh, you know, like revenants to suave, sophisticated people who are predators, but, like, sexually. Um, Mm -hmm. This movie, like, this movie got all that stuff, like, right. It also started single-handedly the trope that vampires are vulnerable to sunlight. That has never been a feature of vampires. Yeah. And... Uh, I I guess the director, in a vain attempt to keep from getting his ass sued by Bram Stoker's estate, changed the names and the places (laughs) from Uh transported to Germany and also changed the end instead of um, having the uh, professor uh, Van Helsing staking the vampire and slitting its throat and letting all of its blood out. They expose the the maid keeps him bewitched until the sun rises and he he yeah. uh, vanishes in a cloud of smoke.
1: Pretty significant.
0: I feel like in modern day that would that would be enough. You would be able to yeah. just yoink, yoink that shit, and they would not be able to do anything about it. Right. But, the concept uh, of a
1: monster that drinks blood, human blood, is mm-hmm. not something you can really copyright. I don't think.
0: Yeah, maybe there's uh the, the part isn't is more uh Treaty of Versailles bullshit like the germ did. Is considered part of the reparations Germany was pay- Germany was paying <laughs> sure. to uh,
1: to the UK? I. All right.
0: you can't you can't steal ninety percent of uh, one of our Irish authors' uh, books that he just wrote twenty years ago. He's got a widow, you son of a bitch. Give us that, give us that Kaiser cash, and his yoink. And then
1: the, um, his heirs apparently were not super happy with this to the point where they got they sued him in court the the, the makers of this film and they won and they were ordered to destroy every copy of it so somehow that didn't happen which I hate that shit I hate it so much like as much as I am not the historian of film that has gone back and watched all of these I appreciate that that element exists in our society and the idea that like people would for the sake of, of making a few extra dollars or not having a work out there that's competing with the thing that they're making it, for, for that sake that they would destroy a part of history like that to me is reprehensible. Yeah. If they
0: take, a, if they take the income involved and like future incomes on that, but like I, it is, it, but on it's the, like the what other George hand, Lucas was
1: trying to do with his star original star Wars cuts. Fuck you, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. But on on the other hand, I also understand that uh, you can't just steal people's copyright either, right? Uh, there's yeah. probably a, a me- and I, I'm glad this thing exists because there, there, there's a tragic history with the first horror films. The first horror film, by all accounts, is uh, Der Golem, which is a German oh. film and from two, from uh, uh, 1915 that features a Jewish myth of the Golem and it uh, you know just that 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 story. But there are no intact uh, copies of that film. Oh, damn. There is a few reels of like 100 meters or so of isolated film, which is a a matter of a few seconds, like 15, 20 seconds uh, here and there. And there's some still frames and promotional stuff. And and that movie was so successful that it had two sequels. Uh, And I think the third and final Golem sequel is still intact and you can watch it somewhere. But the other two are just gone. Uh, Nosferatu yeah. is the first horror film that is in that the, the that is intact and survived into the modern age. And like Jim said, it's Damn. it's all an accident because they they meant to destroy them all. <laughs> right. um, it's like a metropolis,
1: right, is another one that's like that. Where it, it's like a, Is, is that it a gone, sci-fi? you can't see it? I don't, yeah, yeah, think, I don't think all of it exists. I think there are elements that have to be like seen should be here or whatever in the movie. Ah. And yeah, nobody knows exactly what that movie was about. And even then
0: there are no complete original ver- versions of this film. Like the versions we have, uh, the ones that I saw, like, I guess this is, this is one that Apple TV plus has. And it's supposedly from this famous 2007 restoration, uh, they got a copy from North America that had English titles, but even so the original were obviously in German. So you don't have the original original. And even some of those titles were so badly decayed that they had to recreate it in the original font. So like, there, it's it's kind of like splicing a frog DNA. Unfortunately, it was just that it's intact except for that. And there's a bunch of different versions. Like there's a, a cut of this that's like sixty and sixty five minutes. The one that I saw was ninety four minutes long. Again, I think it's the yeah, most official here. one. So, so, and the other, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, because because I, I was sitting down and watching this. Like I've seen a bunch of scenes of this film, and it's always been in glorious black and white. That 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 lovely. I mean, huh. it's very scratched and spotty, but it's always been very silver. And when I started watching this, I started noticing that it's it's been tinted colors. And at first, I'm like, oh, man, this is probably one of the shitty, like, they've added colors to it. But no, I guess the original film was dyed. And uh, for good reason, yeah. all of this stuff is filmed in broad daylight. And there's some scenes that <laughs> you have to understand are night. And the only way yeah. you can is by paying attention to, there's some things that are done for mood. But day-night cycles are yeah. denoted by a uh, yellow tint or a blue tint.
1: Yeah. Uh, insofar as like in, in the internal scenes, scenes that happen inside, uh, they would put yeah. a yellow tint when they were lit by candles or whatever, even though they look out the window and then there'd be a blue tint, right? Letting you know that it is not right. outside, but yeah, they're in, yeah, inside yeah, yeah, yeah. where the candlelight is lighting it up. Uh, so those are some of the interesting historical elements that I, I was thinking about when I was watching this movie. Cause like, they probably did a lot of that filming outdoors in broad daylight because the cameras just sucked, right? I mean, there was one scene where their guy is
0: lighting a candle and you can't see shit until he <laughs> right? actually lights the candle. So I actually I think you're onto something there.
1: Yeah, it's just the equipment was was that bad. Um they couldn't film. And and you can see a couple of scenes where they film in something less than daylight. Like mm-hmm. okay, they had lights on the set and clearly they were putting pushing light exactly where they needed it. But the black is, it's all inky blackness behind them. And you can only see the parts that are specifically lit by the studio lights. Um, So, yeah, I, I was thinking about that historically, but also, man, you mentioned these title cards. When I see that this movie is an hour and a half and I look at how long those title cards stay up on the screen, I think this must have been made for an audience that was far less educated than we are today, far less capable of reading this quickly claim. because I, I could do with every single one of the title cards being 50 to 70% shortened um, in how yeah. long they, they stay up on the screen. Yeah. As he is like, go ahead. It, and I'm so, I'm also when I look at it from a historical perspective, I'm like, well, why didn't they do that with this version? Because it's clearly obviously not the original, right? You've already made a change in that you put English title cards in here because this was a German film. It wouldn't have been in English. Why not also reduce it for the sake of modern audiences? Why not put in some appropriate timing for the education level of people today? Mm -hmm. But I guess they, they said maybe that would, you know, maybe that would just change it too much. Maybe they were like, look, we want people to understand this, but also feel like they're watching the same thing.
0: Yeah, cause there's also, you could argue, and I think it would be an improvement, but you could argue that it's definitely changing the pacing of the film and to totally. the extent that the artist was planning his other shots around these title cards. But you're not wrong. Like, I, uh, there is a first card where, like, reflexively, when I see a bunch of text, um, I, I grabbed the remote because I think, well, I'm going to have to pause it because I'll probably be able to read it, right. but I won't be able to get it accurately captured in my notes if, if there's anything important there. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed it and I did it and then I took my notes and then I sat there and I sat there <laughs> and I sat there. Did I Like I'm not this? kidding. Most of these things you can read seven, eight times yeah. before the card uh, switches over. And I think you're right. It must have been not only for people that, were like sounding out things, but I bet like maybe in some theaters like one person per row could read, and they're like yeah. it says this, and then like telephone, and you're like tr- making sure that the you know that by the time everyone's gotten on the same page, you go on to the next one because this was like early but,
1: public er- early public schooling in America, right? Like the twenties would have been, yeah, and I don't have on. no
0: idea what was going on in the continent as far as like what they're uh, you know yeah. yeah. Uh, scholastic standards and all that stuff were because these point. were you know there's a lot of like still fiefdoms and <laughs> sure. medieval shit going on. You know, like that was just post post uh Russian Revolution. Uh so yeah I don't I but that's that to me is a big, big fucking ask. Is yeah. it's not to bat the subtitles. Um it would be interesting to if you converted this to subtitles. You know, maybe you still uh-huh. have a couple of the cards uh where you're actually reading a particular thing or like some of the vampire books, you could keep that stuff in, but just like subtitle it. So that a movie, it'd probably end up being like a 60 minute movie. Yeah. But I feel like the pacing would probably be better.
1: Certainly for me as a modern uh, audience member, I think so. And they do that in some places, right? Because sometimes instead of like putting up a title card, they'll show a book, a page of a book or something. and It's all in German. So they have to subtitle it for English audiences. Uh, You know what? Like I, it's borderline acceptable to me when Stanley Kubrick does this in his shit. Like he'll throw it in an, inter- an intermission into a fucking movie. And I'm like, right. I don't need an intermission, dude. I can sit for four hours and watch your movie on my couch. I it, it's, I can pause. I can hit, I can do a million different things that will make this okay without an intermission. This is that times 10 where yeah, I don't need right. a, a, title card with eight words on it to stay up for 45 seconds like Mm -hmm. and and, and i'm exaggerating but literally like an eight word title card will stay up for 10 15 seconds sometimes yeah yeah um I think, what did you think about the acting? It's dated, obviously. Um, You know, I appreciate how modern actors convey much more complex ideas, much more subtly than these actors do. But when I look at the era, when I'm talking about like, you know, filmmaking, period, being a brand new thing, people watching movies in theaters is not, is a fairly recent invention here. I think of them more as stage actors and for stage acting, I think they're doing pretty good jobs.
0: I've also also wondered that like in this era of silent film, I feel like the theater was seen as the low version of the thing. Like stage is where it was at. The film theaters, yeah. like people who can't quite make it on stage, <laughs> you know, can't quite, you know, uh-huh. memorize their lines or can't project or their voices are terrible or, or, or whatnot um so every time i watch i'm like is it was this state-of-the-art in acting or was this like the gutter you know the people who had washed out of the more prestigious uh, houses and stuff and it's like well yeah this is like a step above pornography for the day especially stuff like this this intentionally genre subversive right. uh off-putting because it was this was banned in several countries because yeah. it was just too scary too demonic um but I thought, yeah, like, there's a couple, like, I thought that uh, Uter or H-Hoot, H-Hoot, maybe it's Hutter. I'm calling uh, Hutter, I, but sure. Okay, I thought it would be more something like Uther, but um, I thought he was a little broad maybe in the beginning, uh, but I thought him and Ellen were approaching a much more natural performance, because, crucially, I don't think they were speaking, Um, um. I think that's where like stuff comes across stagey, especially in an early kind of talky era. Um, Cause they're still very Shakespearean in how they're delivering lines. But like the way, you know, when he's just walking around in a room and going about is doing his business. The other thing is like they, I think they did a good job of normalizing the frame rate. Because one of the problems with these films is, like, you you had a guy, like, manually cranking the thing. Yeah, right. So, right. sometimes, like, if you just lock that and run it at 24 frames, it looks, like, way, way too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this, like, uh, the other thing I was kind of going into is expecting people to have herky-jerky motion. And they did that a few times, I think it was for effect. Yeah. Like, uh, when, like, uh, Count Orlo was or uh, doing, you know, some weird shit pretending to be uh, the the, uh, the coach driver. Mm-hmm. Um, There is other things like when the mob was in effect, but like most of the time I'm like, you know what? This actually looks like a real human shot a hundred years ago, which did you ever, did you, were you thinking that at the time?
1: Like early on in the film, I was like, boy, these are, you know, these real people that lived at a time and they're, they've been dead for a very long time, but, but here it, they it, are it's, in it,
0: full. But they're doing the thing.
1: This it, is recognizably
0: yeah. cinema and it's right. in another country um, with a different completely, like I I kept on like thinking about like how it is also, it's a period piece. So it looks even older. Like this wasn't like a modern 1922. Yeah. So it's like an old, so it felt like almost like a medieval film that I was watching. And I felt like that kind of like real kinship of, you know, there was a movie, there was a movie critic in 1922 click clacking on a, on Dude. a typewriter or scribing something about this, and here I am a hundred years later. Somebody was talking gonna, about this goddamn film.
1: Somebody's going to have to hand set his type uh, to, to yeah. you know, for the printing press. Like, sure, sure. yeah, it's it was wild, and, and the idea that like the industry isn't really what you think of as a full fledged industry, right? It's like, yeah, there are companies that are making films on some kind of scale, but it is so much smaller than it is today. Today, uh, you know, the movie industry is enormous and and even, you know, 30 years after this or 20 years after this, the movie studios would be enormous, but like this is right on the cusp of that. I don't, I don't think Mm -hmm. the studios had nearly like the influence amongst the public. And so these are people who are not just toiling in a fledgling industry, but toiling in, the dark corners of the fledgling industry. And I look at that yeah. and I go, these are the independents, right? These are the, the the auteurs who are just coming together and making something cool. And yeah. this is the end product.
0: Yeah, and they're dude, like how lo-fi it was. Like when you see these locations and you see like there's very little there's not a whole lot of variety in how they're framing and blocking things, but like their equipment, they don't have booms and tracks and dollies. They're like got tripods, probably maybe some, yeah. you know, those, those weird, uh, uh, the arc lighting systems that they had and stuff like that. Like they don't have any of the stuff that they got now. Um, I, I, th- I, I thought that stuff, um, but when going back to the acting, I thought like, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's Ellen Uter or Hutter. And I actually thought Max Schreck as Count Orlo was pretty good. And it reminded, have you ever seen the Bram Stoker's Dracula by this guy, Gary Oldman? I have, but God damn, it's been a long time. I, I can't believe how much of that film was directly inspired. What it seemed to be by this film, like uh, the weird shit, the shadow shit that Gary Oldman gets up to. They do that in this film. Um, the way that Count Orlo was like portrayed as um eccentric, but like you wouldn't when you first go to his castle and he's an old guy um, and he's got his turban on and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't read as like, well, this is the, like not nearly even yeah. as insane as is like uh, Gary Oldman and and the, the Bram Stoker Dracula. Uh, he right. looks like okay. Well, yeah, this is like in the 1820s or something. He's a rich old fart that's up in like the Car- Car- Carpathian Mountains. Okay, like the J- Jonathan Harker slash Uter is not going to show up and be immediately put out. Mm-hmm. But he just like the way he talks about oh, your wife, what a lovely throat she's got, and his <laughs> beautiful, precious blood and you know that and, and they, they does that they does a really good job of capturing the uh, the. I keep on getting off the, the topic what I'm trying to say those guys are good mm-hmm. everyone else in this film is a joke like uh, what is it? his name knock the real estate agent <laughs> right. like I know Renfield is an insane character but like y- you know he's supposed to keep it together when Uter is getting the assignment like he can't be like uh-huh. nah! And he's played with that energy the entire time. Everybody like that's, yeah. that's not the literal
1: stars of this thing are ridiculous caric- caricatures. Oh, um, yeah. And the costuming is not helping. I mean, the Knox look. You said like, oh, it's not immediately off putting when Hutter or whatever sees or Orlock. For the first time, and I'm like, but that's only true because Nock is so insane looking, right? Like, they have the similar eyebrows, way like- more
0: crazy than Count Orlock.
1: <laughs> uh huh. To be honest, yeah, Orlock
0: has worth worse teeth. Big deal, you know? Yeah, he's an old dude. You know, right. he's got gnarly hands,
1: and he's got. I don't see his ears so. until later. So like,
0: right? Because he's got him tucked up in his. That's yeah. I'm saying. Like he's he's doing a good job of like keeping it. Uh, you know, it's 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 weird for a baseline human, but you know, like. Again, there's 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 weird 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 rich people in the world.
1: But that's that that uh, that stage play sort of mentality that I see coming through in this, right? Like, there's another example yeah. of this that is is much more subtly done in modern film, and it's like the difference that they draw in the performance between Hutter waking up in the morning to sunshine and roses, and he is just beaming and smiling, and he is ready to greet the day and. It's so fucking over the top because when they get to him in the Carpathian mountains at Orlok's castle and after he's bit, you got to know that it's taking its toll. Right. Um, and so he wakes up a little groggy. He wakes up like you could do it with a 10th of the energy that he had in those first scenes nowadays. Yeah. 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 But I think audiences weren't as sophisticated and they might have been watching in worse conditions. And you need mm-hmm. somebody who is really making a big deal of the thing to impress upon the audience. This is what's happening.
0: Yeah, like we are we have we stand on the shoulders of these hundred year old giants For and sure. we have lo- t- learned things like, you know, we talk about how Steven Spielberg can do fourth uh, every piece of information tells you four things about the movie. So it's a very efficient setup. Yeah, I don't think the people were that not in like they weren't intelligent. It's just like that's they a language. Trained. Yeah, they weren't from babies watching this shit. Uh, so right. they like and even if you go back and that's that's why what movies feel old like my son can tell that Star Wars is old because it's edited in an old style with longer attention spans. Uh, which is another way like I think that's actually a bullshit way of like oh the short and short no it's more and more sophisticated with this visual verbal uh, dictionary yeah um this is at the infancy. And I was actually impressed at like a lot of things I consider about slow Hollywood phasing, like sloppy editing or just like crazy, needlessly establishing shots. They didn't really do. But the emotion its like, yeah, I could see a crowd being like, I don't understand why am I watching this guy wake up three different times? Yeah. But it tracks so well with the original Bram Stoker's Dracula about like literally uh, Dracula's power waxing and waning with the power of the sun. And the, and and this is also Uther's or Hunter's Big chance like this is kind of like a call to adventure like you know he's a new guy he's got a brand new wife he's like wanting to be upwardly mobile he gets to do a real estate deal for a fucking count that Mm -hmm. lives in a castle like he wants this to work and when he gets afraid and he's scared at night and he just wakes up and he's like oh those were the nightmares that I had and another thing I thought was very modern touch is where the hero meets the local and the local's like, "Uh, there's not but werewolves and vampires out here. Here's a book, I'll tell you. And he reads the book and he's like, oh, these (laughs) backwards idiots, they're so stupid. And like laughs. Uh And uh, that's such a horror trope, right? The the fact that the hero gets warned and they da-na-na. So much of this stuff is extremely modern feeling that it's kind of jarring when you do get the things where it's like, oh, they just didn't know that this is the way
1: things work. Yeah, but you're right. It's a language, right? Like, just like, oh, they got to put the title cards up there for 45 seconds so people can read them. They have to put the, the ideas on display in very not subtle ways so that people yeah. can understand them. Because nowadays, yeah. like you said, we have an education in film simply by watching a ton of films. I don't know if these people saw more than a film a year at that time, right? Like, it, it yeah. was probably something that was not commonplace oh right and and the fact that you also
0: probably couldn't count you probably couldn't count on how sharp is this picture going to be how bright is the bulb how like is it going to play at the right soundtrack (laughs) there was no thx standard back in the day no 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 so like they're like maybe like because you're right like the first day he gets up and he like he's got a nightshirt and he's like ah oh, he ties it around his waist and he goes to a bucket and he's like kr-slah, kr-slah. like oh my god this guy is more up for this real estate deal than i've ever been up for anything <laughs> in my life yeah. but but it does sell when he gets a little bit more and they do it with the makeup where he's got like some circles under mm-hmm. his eyes and even like when he first gets bit by the the count he's like oh man the mosquitoes here it's like it's kind of silly but like i feel like this would really scared the shit out of people. Um, the fact that you've got someone that's something horrifying happening to him, and he's being stalked. Like there's a scene middle through the movie where uh, there's a psychic connection that I don't know that they explained too well between his wife and the count. And, uh, you know, Jonathan, not, I keep on wanting to call him Jonathan Harker. Uther is being menaced by the count and he's frightened in bed. And like, she somehow psychically banishes like with her love and her warning to her husband. That yeah. shit must have been creepy. Like seeing this guy like appear out of nowhere and come through this door and it's perfectly framing him and he looks mm-hmm. creepy and you don't know how foam late because I will say this. I thought the makeup effects I was, I would, I
1: I thought I would see seams and stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah. On Orlock shirt. Sure, certainly. Um, I think it's less good on like knock. His bald cap is yeah. not amazing. Um, no everything about knock is not and there's uh,
0: other <laughs> there's a
1: scene where orlock is carrying his coffin under one hand and they shoot it from the side where you can see his hand and it's so clear that it's just finger like yeah. silicone it's not even silicone at that time who knows what material but They're just extensions on his fingers they are bent in weird, fucked up ways. Yeah,
0: him him hoofing the and and later knock hoofing the coffin around town was pretty some high comedy. I thought
1: it was Um, kind of effective, though, like the supernatural strength that he must have to. tuck A coffin under one arm. I mean, yeah. And then there's like some really bad bad stuff. Hold up.
0: Yeah, some really bad stop motion with the coffin lid that he's like uncannily right. floating on top of him and all that stuff. But I thought like the, there's a really good effect. I don't know how they did it, like where they did a chemical process or just a negative, but there's a treatment they did when they're taking Uter to the castle with the, uh, uh, the coach where it looks Very similar to you know, in Peter Jackson and uh, Return of the King where they go and recruit the ghost army Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like this pearlescent green white. It looked like they did that treatment. It looked like a fucking ghost carriage. And I'm like, that's actually cool. And I bet that really
1: fucking blew people's minds back in the day. Are you talking about the scene that where they just had the the negative image?
0: Is it negative? Because I thought they did something.
1: I thought they did. I thought they did something else, but it made the, cause the, the,
0: um, the, 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 the hearse or whatever, the, the carriage was also black and it looked inverted too, but it had like some kind of like ghostly green quality to it
1: too. It just oh, might've maybe been they color treatment maybe negative. they in- inverted the, yeah, they, yeah, maybe they just did the negative and then treated it with a color. Um, but I thought that I thought that was intentional. Like it
0: uh-huh. made it looks otherworldly and spectral. Totally.
1: Yeah, it was definitely intentional. The effect that I liked the most, I guess, was the fading in and out. Both of the the count and also the the carriage does it too, right? At some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was actually impressed. I wasn't sure that they could do that effect at that time because like I said I've not right. seen a lot of these old movies. So it's extremely dated, but like that effect looks about as
0: good as uh, what I've seen in a movie from 1986. Yeah, you know, totally. Just, it's not digital; just it's do all
1: it. done with film. But it looks yeah. pretty good.
0: Um, I thought there's like a scene of like uh, on the ship where he's stalking uh the ship's crew and killing them one by one, and the one brave guy goes down there to see what's about these coffins and him like the the fact that like this seems to be tied with like fear of death and disease, like the Black Plague and the rat spilling out of the coffin, and then you see uh, the Count just, like, pivot. Like, that's a classic scene, him pivoting out of the coffin. But that must have probably had people screaming in the theaters, right? Yeah. Like, I heard um, when I was reading this, someone said that that shot in particular was just as famous and terrifying as, like, the rotating head in The Exorcist back in the day. Right. Like, people are like, nope, that's (laughs) fucking spooky. (laughs) The same way with, um, I thought the scenes that, when you said, the, the two scenes I thought were, remarkably effective or mm-hmm. when the count is going up the stairs to uh yeah, to, to go to Ellen the shadow going up the stairs yeah. and like the just a, the entire character sometimes he's goofy cuz he's got the bugs bunny vampire teeth mm-hmm. but in silhouette it's very effective and then his hands stretch uh reaching across the hallway and then those practical shadow effects i love yeah, that like stuff like i imagine yeah. Oh yeah, when it grabbed her like I actually thought it was he was grabbing her breast. <laughs> I, I th- think it's her heart. I, I thought it was oh, see, cause I thought and the way she reacted is almost like a passion. Maybe, I thought you were th- you, that's why like I thought not right. see this stuff as sexual.
1: You might be right though. Um Yeah, because there is a sexual component to it, certainly. Um but I was looking more at the like uh the whatever kind of connection that they had, you know, like the mm. spell that he's putting on her—not necessarily the sexual component of it, but the whatever's compelling her. But you probably, they—they yeah, right. they,
0: they get rid of so much of the 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 romance between uh, the count right. uh, or, or Dracula and her. Um, it feels more like a very predatory thing, yeah. like she's being seduced, but on like a almost a bewitched level. Like mm-hmm. she would no one, no one would fall in love with this guy. Um, right. but there's something sensuous and there's something that's irresistible. And I, I thought, like, I got a, lo- a a big laugh out of the Vampire Handbook being like, essentially, a good girl has to sacrifice herself to this monster and keep him occupied in her bedroom until mm-hmm. he ignores ignores the calling of the cock. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, exactly what you got to do. Uh, he, and uh, just the, the way like he's bent over and like like it's very intimate. Like him sucking on her neck. Like I thought that stuff had to be super scandalous, not just the demonic stuff, not just the anti Christian imagery and stuff like that. The, Mm -hmm. the desk,
1: um, I I said that had to be just super effective with people for sure. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite shots in the movie when he's sucking on her neck. Um, so you mentioned the plague, is that what was actually killing people in this? Because I, I got the impression that, like, orlock was over there sucking on people and they just thought it was the plague. But I think it's within, both. I think the, the way with which it happens, it's probably a plague. I think it's, it's
0: both. Like he like he's bringing plague rich dirt and like these rats that are. But it's also covering the very real killings that he's doing as well. Gotcha. Okay. Like, in the Coppola version, it's explicitly, no, Dracula's doing all this shit. Like, you know, like oh, the okay. ghost ship and all that stuff. This is more of, like, um, six of one, half a dozen the other. But, like, I read a, um, an analysis of this film that said that this was a deeply German reaction to World War One, yeah. which everyone lost, like, tons and tons of people. There was this, like, idea of this creeping death that could come, this death bird that could come to your family anytime. And as much as all of Europe was, like, torn up about it, Germany had all of that like psychic horror plus they were the losers. Yeah. So they process that in a lot different ways. And a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of analysis I saw that like the one, two punch of the great war and of influenza. um, Like there, there's a couple scenes of like the processions of coffins through the city Mm -hmm. and like all this like uh, overt death imagery um, that like, I appreciated that too. That like, that must've unsettled people because it's probably reminiscent of things that they saw and their own lives and now there's a supernatural component to it like I can see where it would be super gripping and it was a smart adaptation of the original material
1: mm-hmm. um, I also heard that some credit can be given to uh, the director of this film for helping to create the montage yeah uh, and you see it I think the primary example of it is probably the ship um, when when Orlock is coming over on the ship and H- hutter hooter whatever <laughs> and hooters is trying to beat him mm-hmm. uh on his carriage and you also see the the ellen the wife being like drawn to him as he gets closer mm-hmm. it's the the montage being you know the the intercutting of all of these things at once right. so you understand this is all happening simultaneously and the different locations. is a race going on here yeah there's a couple of montages.
0: That one. There's the one where I talked about like uh, the count stalking Hooter and uh, her like waking up and having a nightmare and putting a stop to it psychically. I guess that's like widely credited as the first use of montage in in film. Uh, yeah. So if you like Rocky, if you like Team America World Police, uh, this sure. is the the
1: great grand granddaddy of it. Yeah, it's wild. I I. I instinctively get what they're doing there, but I wonder how hard it was for audiences to follow that at the time, because I've seen a thousand montages. I I instinctively understand the montage. It, it, it's a little more experimental, you know, what he's doing here at the time. And I bet a lot of people just couldn't follow that. Well, this was also, I guess, a
0: part of the expressionist film movement, too. It seems like it's maybe right. more pushing the edges or like seen as avant guard mm-hmm. during the time, even though this was like an extremely successful, popular movie uh, by all accounts. Um, I can imagine. But like also that had to be like that thrill of like seeing something you've never seen before. Like, oh, my God, yeah. like the, the, the tension, the excitement of like, oh, my God, this thing's happened. And then, oh, my God, the wife is involved. And oh, my God, like that. Uh, Who's going to win? Like it. It had to have been, even though it's baby steps, like the, the amount of tension and urgency that they built in the audience. It had to be, uh, I mean, there's a reason this thing was so fucking popular and scary, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I wondered like how they did his, like Max Shrek has cat eyes. Did they do contact lenses back then? Or did they, did this guy have like these thick slits of glasses up his eyes or like what? <laughs> I don't know, man. Have you seen in the shadow of the vampire? Uh, Yeah. The Malkovich, Defoe.
1: Quote, yeah. unquote, making
0: of this movie yeah because because i guess there's a lot of urban legends about this film like max schreck um that guy's name literally
1: means max terror okay in german <laughs> so, so it's all right so that's like uh west craven right and it's not his real fucking name it's just a I stage don't. name so well the thing is is like there's a whole bunch of like facts
0: like there's there's a bunch of facts asserted like the fact that this guy's name was made up the fact that this guy's never had film credits before the fact most of things wrong like max shrek was a very famous and popular actor who appeared in many different films but like people that are not familiar you know that, that led to the and the fact that this guy's makeup was so good for the time yeah made the er up to the urban legend of this guy was not acting, he was actually a vampire uh-huh. and that then got turned into I, I think that was an existing thing before the movie came out. Was it? Um okay. But like I, I think that there's like I was reading some some stuff that where people were pointing out these different things and you know as an extra creepy thing, but I don't yeah, obviously
1: I don't think there's a real vampire. <laughs> I don't think so either. I'll say <laughs> the effect was pretty good. Um, and they probably didn't have contact lenses, so I don't know how they did it, but I also don't know how they spun uh, What's-Her-Name's head around in The Exorcist, so. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I don't think I have a ton more to say about this movie, but I wanted to talk briefly about some some interesting news that I I read. Did you know that Robert Eggers... Has been working on a remake of this movie since 2016. I did. 2015 and boy, maybe? I couldn't. I can see it.
0: Right? Because like I said, the original Bram Stoker, when I read it like 20 years ago in the dead of night, was terrifying in the yeah. exact kind of like chill up your spine- uncanny way that Robbie Eggie seems to do so well and like the atmosphere I could see him doing with something like
1: this would be wow take yeah you you take the witch and the lighthouse and you put this kind of like I don't know not tropey take on a a vampire or like remove some of the tropiness of it and just give it an atmosphere that is genuinely terrifying. And I'm, yeah, I hope that he finishes this. He's like kind of backpedaling a little bit lately, I guess, and saying like, you know, what's the value in doing this? I've been working on it so long that maybe I should, but it, it oh, seems dude, like he's feet. waffling. I know Anya Taylor joy is actually uh, mentioned as someone who might be Does in it, which Harker? Oh my God. Or dude, Lucy. Well, it's an unknown role, right. but could be It's one could of those two. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fucking um, phenomenal. I would be there day one. I hope he does. It. Yeah.
0: I also thought there was something kind of Ed Woodian, and I don't even know if it's an Ed Wood, but like um, the fact that like they Id, they they added a bunch of like nature photos of like um, a spider eating a bug and a Venus flytrap. They have this like just random yeah. scene. I thought they were establishing uh, what was going to be a professor. Um, uh, what they, what's the Van uh, Helsing? Van Helsing. I thought they were establishing a Professor Van Helsing type. Mm-hmm. But no, this guy's kind of coming in here to establish hey, there are vampires in biology, things that to, to, to prey off the sucking of life. But I think they threw it in mostly because that's so exotic. Like, if you're just sitting there, you've probably never seen a Venus flytrap before. And it's like a natural yeah. special effect. A yeah. plant that can move fast enough to eat something. Holy shit. Like, most people probably haven't seen a spider to where it's as big as a whole screen and you can see it. And, and yeah. like that stuff is like kind of the same way to like old Tarzan films. It just sometimes let a lion run loose mm-hmm. and it wasn't even doing anything. It was just kind of running around in a set. And it's just like, Oh my God, a lion, you know, cause how many people have been to the Bronx zoo or whatever. Right. I love that kind of like, you know what? I got 30 seconds of spider and I got 30 seconds of Venus flytrap. How much of a movie can I make with that? Like that's that's your special effects budget, right? Uh, their werewolf is laughable though. It's a hyena, dude. <laughs> right. Hakuna matata, and he just banishes. Uh-huh. Uh but people didn't know, right? Like sure. that reads is like Hyena's that's not a dog. That's looking. a that's not a dog I've a dog nor wolf I've ever seen. Right. Uh <laughs> yeah. Uh the other thing is like some of the classic, the the some of the the classic shots, like Orloff coming out of his coffin, all you know hinges on his heels, mm-hmm. is completely betrayed by the sailor who ruins the shot by just mugging. The like I felt oh, like the couple yeah, of the, this, the scenes of the yeah, his his reaction of horror is so over the top. It's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy, this the, you got this like incredible thing, and you just got this dude who i don't know it looks like a clown like he's like a pantomiming something
1: it's yeah this is why it doesn't work for me as a film because i i'm a modern audience and it's not made for me uh yeah none of this works the acting is is by modern days standards bad cinematography is bad all of it's bad but like historically i think it's interesting I will also uh, say, like, I have questions about this movie, like I did with the rats, you know? Are they spreading the plague, or is Orlok doing his mm-hmm, thing? Um, mm-hmm. Why do some people who are bewitched by uh, Orlok die, and others seem totally fine? Like, Hutter gets bit, has, a, a like, a mild cold flu symptoms, and then heads out mm-hmm. and, and saves the day and lives happily ever after, right? Like, Yeah, whereas, there's some vampires his his wife dies and and knock is is fine i think i i don't i don't know and how does the spell work because as best i can tell like some of these people never interact like ellen is under his spell without even knowing who he is he's just seen a photo of her neck i right some of this stuff does not i don't think they explain it very well
0: yeah, and I think that's um it's kind of cool that they don't because there are vampire rules and they'll be established. And I think even the original material has kind of like, well, if you're you yeah. know, if he just feeds on you versus killing you versus maybe you have to beat bite you three times or he has to do it at a certain time and um they they'll they'll work out but like I actually like this version of a vampire because like it reminds me of like the roots of these vampires, which were they're more of a primeval force, or like they're more of like a vampire in a magic gathering sense of the word, where they're like irresistible and unstoppable they can overthrow a nation because it's not just a creepy sex pervert it's biting women on the neck he can control <laughs> the plague and he can control a miasma and he can blanket the land with a toxic fog and he can teleport from place to yeah. place he's got the strength of 10 men and uh I thought that this this made him feel like a real powerful vampire lord. It wasn't just like a single predator, but he was like a force of fucking nature. And being gotcha. like the fact that he can, like, whip up people at a distance and, and get a mob to do his becking, I think. And and not having the rules made him probably creepier than if they. Because holy shit, there's some exposition. Like the movie, like right, right before it gets into the final act, like I think this cracks open a vampire book and has you read a couple pages out of it at the mm-hmm. glacial speed. Right. Uh, this is, I think, when uh, Ellen is like understanding what her role needs to be to put an end to this, um, yeah. and she's going through the books, and they refer to it like twice. But um, I think that was probably just 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 the fact that you don't know, and there was so much stuff that's like you know they 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 talk about the they drop name drop Belial which is this like you know apocryphal demon or satanic god there's like all this occult stuff oh the contract that knock the real estate agent gets from uh Van, the, uh dracula is just a completely written like an alister crawley diary it's just egyptian symbols and yeah. occult symbols and pentagrams and it's like it's supposed to read as like yeah this is not christian you know
1: which makes me think like okay he has met with orlock before so i understand why he's under his spell um yeah but how can he just throw it for at a distance not meeting you know yeah they, at a distance of like you know countries not not feet
0: the other thing i thought was completely unrealistic is that the public officials passed uh health ordinances about the plague spreading through the city and streets and uh The people got to be a mob, but it wasn't about that. It was about the crazy guy running around the streets, eating spiders and carrying coffins. I thought that was unrealistic that the population would just be like shrugged their shoulders and be like, well, okay, I guess we're going to have to not spread the plague.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Plague shit gets weird. Somebody who's living (laughs) through a plague currently. Plague shit gets weird.
0: Uh. Anyway, that's uh, that's uh, that I think that's all I got for the the film too. Um, I'm glad I got finally get see see. It's not something I'd recommend for people to watch for pleasure, um, but it is widely available everywhere. Like you can get this streaming for free on YouTube if you want to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to be YouTube Premium because this is in the public domain. You might want to do some research as far as like. Make sure I think I think the canonical one is going to be 94 minutes. So if it's a different thing than that, you're probably getting less uh, than the original thing. If it doesn't have color tints, um, it it uh, it's it's not the original. And if it's scored to Beethoven, like a recognizably, like okay. uh, a, a one of be- Beethoven or- or- orchestra, it's also not the original version. If you find something that's tinted correctly with the, the 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 yellows and the blues and the reds and has like a score, you've probably heard a lot before. Uh, because this is also i think in the is the score in the public domain i, I saw um that i i thought that like the 2007 version is a restoration but an original recording of the score and right. that most of the things you can watch for free don't include that
1: don't include that uh um, yeah I, so that's a problem too but uh i'm not sure which p- version we saw as far as score goes
0: yeah i think it's worth worth watching if you're a diehard cinemaphile or if you're a big horror fan and you want to see like literally the first for the first horror movie that we still have a record of uh you right. know maybe one day someone will dig up a copy of the golem but until then we've got nosferatu happy 100th birthday to the old bastard mm-hmm. the unkillable ancient uh death machine never looked better uh with with the, the transfer i saw and uh yeah not every day you get to review a hundred year old movie Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it we'll see you on the next prestige until then I'm Aaron and I'm Jim later